Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. This is Mary Fran and Kristen, and before we dive into today's episode, we have a special message for you. Did you know that we have a Brilliantly Resilient Masterclass that you can get online right now at www.brilliantlyresilient.net slash masterclass. Go get it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. I am Mary Fran Bontempo with my partner in crime, Kristen Smedley, and today we are so excited because we have my friend Selena Resvani on with us. And Selena, Selena is one of those women who you read her list of accomplishments and you go, oh. <laughs> and what have I done oh, today? He's done all that stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> so Washington Post, Forbes columnist, um, blogger, Philly Mag, the, the book Pushback, which I totally love this title, How Smart Women Ask and Stand Up For, in capital letters, what they want. And you have so many things that I want to talk about, Selena, because I just love your leadership. I love how you reach out to women. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I love what you do. And thank you both, Kristen and Mary Fran, for just bringing light to this time, this year, and to so many women. It's awesome. Yeah, awesome. We, we, we do that probably more because we just can't control ourselves <laughs> than out of any concentrated effort to do that. But thank you. I, we both However, the sausage gets made. <laughs> You know, I'm telling you. I know we're supposed to be helping all these people. And usually I'm like, oh, it's always breakthroughs for Kristen. But yeah. whatever pit I have fallen in, the show brings me right out of. So thank you all for our personal, our personal part therapy the sessions. So, <laughs> you know, we talk about like a reset rise and a reveal. And you and I have been kind of on similar types of journeys in terms of publishing our books and all that kind of stuff. So tell us your story. That's what we want to talk about. And, and then we'll, we'll move into how you, you, you use that to help women to rise and to, to reveal their own brilliance. Yeah, well, you know, I really focus my time on helping women in particular advocate for what they want, right? To, to mm -hmm. carve out paths leadership, you know, companies on their terms, using that like same ferocious self-advocacy, right? That they use for other people and yes. loved ones, right? And that great up and comer at their company to use that in their own lives for the things they want and need and deserve. So that's such a joy. And it really, for me, it comes from you know, being a recovering people pleaser myself <laughs> and a recovering good girl. Oh, oh, you know, I'm so over being a good girl. <sighs> I, I know. So, so done with that. Totally. Here's I did that when I was growing up in Catholic, Catholic school and doing all that good girl stuff. No, I'm done with that. Right. You know, take just enough. Right. Uh, be nice. Don't say it like that. Like, you know, share, take care of the friendship. Like all, you know, it's like, boy, so many of those messages got right in the way of things I needed to do. Like say what I meant, 
and mm -hmm. ask for what I need um, and push for the really excellent pay, not just the okay pay, right? You know, right. and I, I felt like those messages really like constricted me and held me back and I knew I wasn't the only one. Um, I was, I just want to tell you quickly this story. I was an MBA student. Um, I was uh, so curious about women who had made it to the top. Like, who are these unicorns? You know, how did they get there? How, how did they get there? What do they have in common? And I thought, I'm going to interview these women as research, you know, even as a student, I'm going to interview them. Only one problem. I don't know a single one. I don't have any connections to connections to any of them. So, okay. And uh, I had one female professor in business school and she wow. said, I'll approve your research to interview these women on one condition. She said, you have to go out there and you have to go after the whales. She said, the wow. Women, you know, Talk they, about setting the bar high. Holy cow. Yes. That won't even entertain, you know, an interview with you, an email, let alone, you know, taking an hour of time. And I'm so glad she did that. I never would have done that. And um, they said yes. Dozens of them said yes. And those, wow. it was the best education of my life. You know, it, it taught me so much about leadership and standing up for myself. And I knew I wasn't that different than other women who needed this message, you know. And I, I pitched it to a publisher, became my first book became a second book, a business, and a life really doing this and speaking to women around the world, you know, providing that leadership training, um, which it means so much to me personally to do. But I also work on the other side of the house too with company leaders who are saying, how can we do a better job welcoming and including women? Well, so that's good news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's something I'm happy to hear. That's a yes. good to turn in. Yeah, that's you great. hit so many of the points that we always talk about, and I'll just I'll just talk about two of them at the moment. And one, the first one is putting up your hand mm -hmm. and yeah. saying, "Look, you know, I, I this is not my expertise. I need help here. Can you t tell me? Can you teach me? Can you show me? Even point me in the direction of someone else. That's huge. It's huge, and and." we're often so nervous about putting our hand up. What if, what are they going to think? I'm overstepping all, you know, all these worries and fears. And yet, you know what some of these women said to me in these interviews, hmm. the CEO of the Washington post said, I'm always flattered when somebody asks for time on my calendar to talk career. Really? Like, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's so interesting, you know, well, I mean, clearly these women remember what it feels like, you know, what it yeah. feels like to be marginalized, what it feels like to be, you know, striving and trying and, and, af and afraid. I mean, let's just call it what it is. You're afraid. You're afraid you're not going to measure up. You're afraid you won't totally. fit in. You're afraid everybody's going to find out that you really don't know anything. Of course, we always think that. Oh, mm -hmm. totally. You're absolutely right. And that, that, you know, you asked earlier about like a big moment and a train wreck sucker punch moment, you know, and I can think of one where the heart of it was imposter feelings and, and lack of confidence. I, I, here I was after the book had come out, my first one, I'm plugging along and I'm building my platform around women's leadership. I'm writing a second book, you know, things are going well. And I get an out of the blue phone call. 
hi, this is a tech company. We were wondering if you would interview to be our global spokesperson, <gasps> right? And I'm like, gee, let me see if I'm free. No, I'm like, yes, I'm so I can't wait. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this has, you know, running around my second floor, like fist pumping silently in the air while I'm on the phone. I can't believe this is happening. And they invite me to New York City, you know, come and meet with our people and um, we'll, we'll have the interview. And I remember going into that restaurant where we were having a lunch interview and I can remember putting my hand on that door handle, you know, peeking into the restaurant. And I just felt so incredibly out of place. It was one of those moments where you felt so self-conscious about what you were wearing. Uh -huh. You know, it was like uber sleek and chic New York City, uh -huh. Bob haircuts, you know, severe everything, white leather furniture. And I just, I really didn't feel I belong there. We did the interview and I left and, and, you know, afterwards I thought to myself, why didn't I give them like my meanness, mm -hmm. like, my, you know, my best <laughs> ideas, like my, I love bright colors. You're probably noticing, <laughs> you know, even the way I dressed was muted, you know, the way I spoke, like my, you know, sparkle and pop and snap about the things we were talking about didn't come through. And what I realized was I gave them this diet Pepsi version of me mm -hmm. and I couldn't be mad at them at all when they were like, told me later, thanks. It was great to meet you. We're going to go in another direction, but keep in touch. They said, and, and I was like, yeah, right. That makes, that was the right decision because it was this blah experience, this meh experience, you know? And I tell women so often, especially when I'm teaching executive presence, like if your presence, you know, kind of doesn't make a difference, your absence won't even register in the room. Oh, I love that. You know, like if your presence doesn't pack a punch, mm -hmm. no one's going to notice if you're not there. And, and like I said, I couldn't blame them. And, and that was such a painful moment of reflection in my life to say, you got to bring it. You got to bring your you-ness when you don't and you dilute that. It's like nobody wins. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I, um, I think so many women fall into that and I've done it over and over and over again. And like I said, at this point in my life, I just, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to be yeah. who I am. Take it, leave it, whatever. You can yeah. like me, you don't. I, it's okay. I'm fine with that. But boy, did it take a long time to get to that place. <sighs> yes. Because I thought it was only me. Feeling like you have to fit somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And I think at, for me, at the heart of imposter syndrome, when I felt it, is like belonging. I don't belong, you know, and I think lots of people can really, you know, I, I don't belong in at the VP table, you know, whatever. I don't belong in the such and such role. Um, I don't belong, you know, with the word author next to my name, whatever it may be for somebody. And, you know, a lot of my mantras probably won't surprise you are about that are I 400% belong. You know, I need to tell not myself 100, that. not one hundred, not two, not two. 
Right. Not 250. No, <laughs> it's like, I'm seriously, but it's made a difference sometimes, yeah. you wow. know? You know, it's really funny. Kristen and I talk about this, about this all the time. I think, and it's just kind of like I'm having an aha moment just right here talking to you. I think so many women feel that imposter syndrome because we don't recognize that our brilliance is easy for us. And because we're not banging our heads against the wall, we think everybody else had to work so hard, blood, sweat, and tears when really they tapped into their brilliance and we are being imposters when we're trying to, to measure up to something that is not our brilliance. And that yeah. to me is like the key, like find that and then the rest is easy. It's so true. But why does it feel like, as you said, it can take so long to get yeah. to that essence Yes. You know, so you don't give that you give the full sugar version. Uh, you know, yep. the full Pepsi. Bring the whole cookie, baby. Bring yeah. the whole cookie. I'm so happy that we're talking about this because <laughs> last week I turned 49, right? And going into that, I now I have not to to well just to give you a little quick background on me. I mean, I started a nonprofit years ago and now it's like global and I climb the ranks and all this stuff, right? And I go to be on this panel where I said in my LinkedIn post three years ago, honestly, I wouldn't even understood the description of the session. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm going to be on this virtual panel. And all of a sudden it started again where I was like, oh my God. Now great. I was have I had the best lighting in my office. I was having the best hair day of my life. I had this cute jacket. I had everything in place. Right? But all of a sudden, as I was about to go into the Zoom room or whatever it was, I was like, why do I think I can sit with these people, these top mm -hmm. echelon smarty smarts, right? And what do I possibly bring? I was telling Mary Fran afterwards, I was so proud of myself because in 49 years, it took me to finally say, okay, Kristen, how did you get the invite to the panel? Well, because you're a board of trustee member. How did you get that last year? Because you did a keynote speech that knocked their socks off. And how'd you, and I went all the way back in the little Kristen timeline love of that. the credibility I had to get there, but I, I still had to do that. And then I put it on LinkedIn. Like there was a guy that told me I would never make a dent and there was this and there was that, but I showed up and I was a value. And then it started going berserk on LinkedIn. So again, I was like, Oh, people care about this. Like people right. know, like stop, get out yes. of your head. You're so right. It's like, it, I think it happens to a lot of us. And some of my advice to people with imposter syndrome is like, expect it. Like, yeah. don't just accept it that, okay, it's happening. And I'm going to ask you to tolerate it sometimes, you know, but expect it. You're mm. going to, you know, it's going to tell you some good things, right? That you're stretching, you're pushing it, you're yeah. growing, you're doing it afraid, you know? Yeah. Doing it afraid. That's the thing. Doing it afraid. I love that phrase. Oh my gosh. Because you know, if we can push through that, there's probably not an experience. Well, there are a few. I could attest to a few of them. I was going to say there probably isn't an experience in the world that's as bad as you think it is, but there are some, there are right, some. Right, right, right. Sad. right. Oh, <laughs> we'll stay out of that. We'll stay out of that domain for right now. But most of these other experiences that we find ourselves in, if we can, like you said, Kristen, just think about why do they want to talk to me? Clearly, I have something. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, that thing is that light that we have that we don't 
work at, that it's there. It's, it's you, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and when you can recognize that that is the thing that people are attracted to, it's not that, you know, that you worked at this and you worked at that, that's all important, but there's still something there that is unique that belongs to you. And that's why you have a seat at the table. When we get to that point, I think, and that's what you talk about a lot with this leadership thing, you know, like finding what it is in you that allows you to be at the table. Which I think is so refreshing, honestly, because so much of the message, whether indirect or otherwise, has felt at times like women, you're deficient. You need to fill this gap. You don't do this or be a man and, you know, behave this kind of way. That's not what it's about. Women do this all day, every day. You know, I talk about self-advocacy as a leadership skill. Women do that all day, every day. Mm -hmm. You know, they lead in a thousand ways. So like you're saying, you know, both of you, Kristen and Mary Fran, it's, it's finding that strength in you, that unique overlap. That's uniquely yes. you and cultivating it into a superpower. I yes. Mean, but you learn that late on, yes. a lot of us. You know, you learn that late in the game. Yeah. Well, and you just talked about that. You just talked about something that Chris and I also talk about all the time, and that's transferable skills. Mm-hmm. You just said we lead all the time. We advocate all the time, but we do it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And kind of coming to terms with the fact you know, being a student of your own accomplishments, like Kristen reverse engineered in her head, why I'm at this panel and why I belong. I need to do that still, you know, I, and I have literally a list on my wall that's like, remember the things you're proud of, right? It could be something real tangible, like I've graduated with a such and such degree. Um, But it could be a list of your comebacks, you know, when it really did That stick. would be a long list. Yeah. <laughs> but like, do you feel bad looking at that? <laughs> right? You feel, you know, you feel awesome for the most part when you look at that. And, and I mean, if you need to look at it every day, I recommend doing it just to remind yourself, I'm not coming from this deficit. I really do bring a number of like concrete things to the table here. And that's been so important for me. I have the funniest thing to share with you now that we're good friends and I can share. (laughs) Okay. I am a little bit of a nerd, but that's okay. Once a week on my playlist, on my running playlist, I play eye of the tiger. And you know what I do when I'm running? I remember all the times I screwed up or things didn't work out. And I'm like, remember how you got back up? Remember how that's what I do on the one and my neighbor. My neighbors can probably tell you right when it comes on. Because all of a sudden, I am a mad woman, right? I love it. I love it. It's like a meditation and therapy and like all, you know, I love it. And affirmation yeah, it's all like in one. Version. It's the Philly yes, Christmas the Philly, version. That's what the Philly special should that's be. That's what the Philly girls do. That's yeah. right, baby. I love that. So... If you had to give somebody like, if you had to give a woman a couple of like sort of tips, like how do you, where do you start? Where do you start when you're, because I know one of your things is, is teaching younger women who are just getting into their Mm -hmm. careers and maybe transitioning from that student mindset, which we know is different to the business, to the world, to all that. What are your kind of tips to get them to, to, again, get a seat at the table? 
Well, I think one of the first ones for me, because I'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it mm-hmm. as, as a kind of blanket solution to confidence, is really looking at like the voice in your head and, mm-hmm. and you know, striving for trying to change that if it's not to a real coach kind of voice. And for me, that was like a huge difference maker in my own life. Um, you know, you can do the outer things, right? You can like wear the tailored gray suit, you know, you can do all that stuff, but it, you know, it's like lipstick on a pig kind of thing (laughs) when you, you know, it's, it's seriously though, you got to start inside. And for me, that's been huge is really to say, I am going to do this and I'm going to talk myself through face plants and mistakes like I would my best friend or my sister or Mm -hmm. my daughter. Talk to yourself that way. I love that. That is, we would never talk to our friends the way we talk to ourselves or our children or our sisters or people we love. We talk to ourselves in in such negative ways. And if if you could say, if this were happening to your best friend or your sister, what would you say? Do that. (laughs) A hundred percent. And I have a seven-year-old daughter and she does, she's at that stage of like being my mini me of like what, you know, I want a dress like that. I want to eat pancakes because you're eating pancakes. Like I, you know, saying my isms and my Selena isms, like, and I, it's made me think differently. It really has because she will say, if I'm like, oh, what an idiot to myself, you know, it's given me a mirror having her and um, changing that voice has helped a lot to be less severe and, you know, less, Oh, there's more proof. You don't belong here, you know, to, um, really good job trying. Like give yourself the grace to learn, give yourself the grace and space to learn stuff. Give yourself a nickname. Seriously. That's like sweet that you would say to yourself. I'm like, good job, Celine's. You try, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's different than the like mean, scary librarian (laughs) that, you know, is severe. And, and scary. So that's a huge one is like decide that, yeah. you know, you won't tolerate that and that you're in control of that piece. Um, you know, another thing I like to tell people is, you know, especially young people is like use preparation to your advantage, right? I, I teach self-advocacy so much of the time. And when I ask people, tell me about a really great self-advocacy moment you're proud of. So many of them say, I was the smartest in the room about the facts, or I really knew my stuff. You know, I walked in there with swagger and confidence because I, I knew the most about the subject. And I think that's something, you know, again, under our control. If something's really yes. important to you, you know, asking, what do I need to do to walk in there and be prepared? And, and speak with conviction and go a few rounds with the other person. And, you know, really, I like that analogy. Go a few rounds. Don't be afraid to get in the ring. Oh, totally. Clearly have something here. And, and if, you know, sometimes even if nothing else, even if you're not prepared, sometimes being prepared with questions, if you're not prepared Mm -hmm. with knowledge, sometimes being prepared with questions that challenge the powers that be can also be your best form of advocacy and standing up for yourself and that pushback that you talk about. 
I love that you said that because listen, if you are, let's say, young or new in the workforce or or new at self-advocacy, just getting in that room may be huge for you. Just mm-hmm. making a request, hey, I'd like to change my hours or um, I'd like a more flexible work arrangement or whatever it is you're asking for. That may be huge for you, but it's, you know, so much of your power is after you ask and the other person's kind of hemming and hawing or saying, mm, I, I, this isn't the best time to talk about it. We need to do this another time or um, remind me seven months from now, right? <laughs> All these ways you could get dismissed, right? And kind of pushed off. And, and as you said, Mary Fran, it's like being able to get back in and ask the pointed questions and challenge. I mean, so much of your power is there. And I, I teach women that, like even some of the types of questions to ask. I hear you telling me no. Can you say more about the rationale for that? You know, the old. Yeah, and I think very often they you 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 could find well, it's always been that way. Okay, well that doesn't mean it has to stay that way. So when you challenge with questions and you and you ask people to define a reason, sometimes it makes them think. Well, maybe we don't have to do it this way. Totally. I one of the women I interviewed was a CFO at Nike, Dee Dee Wilson, and she said, "I was told at one point in my career." you're not CFO material. And, and she said, not only was that like psychologically crushing, but she said, it's like the least actionable feedback ever. And she said, mm. you know, my advice to women is insist on a real reason. If you get a no, I like that. you know, get some objective criteria, she said. And she did get objective criteria in her case. She said, what is it exactly? Is it my people management skills? Do I need more visibility? Is it financial acumen? Like what exactly do you need to see more of? And she led that process and got the CFO role, by the way. You know, but I think it's such good advice for all of us. Sometimes you do want to slink out of the room when you get that first bit of resistance, you know, but hanging in. That's really valuable when we talk about the rise and we talk about how people can then, you know, climb if you're not sure, ask the questions. If you feel like you you know you keep getting these no's or or you're you're just not getting where you want to be, find out why. You have and, to ask and, for the feedback. You have to ask for the feedback, and then you have to you have to deal with. You have to be open to it. Right. Awesome. Right, and kind of assume it's not necessarily going to come to you in a in a clear, you know, usable way. Like you kind of have to peel the onion back. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sometimes you say, give me, how could I be better? And, and someone's not always going to give it to you in the way you need it. So it's, it's your job to keep leading the conversation till you get something meaningful. You can do something with, you know, you're telling me I could be more professional with our clients. What, what exactly, how could it look different when we're in a meeting with the clients? What could I be doing more of? You know, you have to push for that pointed unvarnished feedback yeah and then and then like i'm saying with also with being open to it i mean i i wouldn't recommend how somebody said to me one time um kristen needs is i have a scientific research nonprofit, and they say kristen needs genetics for dummies and i was like that's a nice way to say that i don't know anything about science however i was like you know what it was although it was delivered in the worst way possible from a very toxic person 
it was phenomenal because then I was, I stopped, I was spinning my wheels all night long learning genetics. That is not my thing. Mm. That was a waste of our organization's time. So I was like, first of all, I go, I was on Amazon. Does that exist? You know, (laughs) (laughs) then I was like, I need to build a team of scientists that know this like the back of their hand and can tell me, because I was a third grade teacher, tell me in a third grade math what this means. And do you know that was one of the most brilliant things for the whole organization? Because then everybody understood the science and I got to go do the things that I was really good at and not worry. And I say to people, don't do, don't talk to me about the science. That is not my thing. Talk to my scientific advisory board. You want to talk about everything I else? Love that. But I, you know, sometimes like you're saying, it's not always delivered in the package that you can right. unpack. <laughs> totally right. It might be like searing hot and, and really, you know, but if I would have been all ego and taken offense to that and sat there out of the ring and let that keep me out of the ring, we would never have moved the mountains. We moved. I had to be able to at least say, you know what? Hold on a minute here. You like, have to be yeah. willing to take a few hits. I mean, you do have to be willing to take a few hits and you know, we, you know, we talk about lifting women up and all this other stuff. I think the reason some people object to that is because it can veer into warm and fuzzy. This is not about warm and fuzzy. This is about, you know, figure out what your brilliance is, figure out what your contribution is, ask the people around you, like be willing to take the hard look at yourself and where you are and what you can do to move forward. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the thing, it's, it's not a question of if there'll be setbacks and fails, right? It's when, it's mm-hmm. when, how are you going to deal with it? You made, Kristen, you made that feedback work for you. You didn't, by the way, just take his advice, which I find interesting. You could have just taken, seriously, you could have yeah. done the equivalent of taking his advice. Okay, I'm going to do it your way. You did it. You took this kernel of that message and you made it work for you. I've got all hell no playing through my head. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I'm not doing it that way. Right. No. <laughs> but it's like, I take your point mm-hmm. and I'm going to now make that work for me in my yeah. way. And that's beautiful. I think that's such an empowered way to handle it. The one other thing I'd say is if you're somebody listening who's dealt with a face plant or a mistake, you know, if you can have have the final word, like write the final chapter of that. You know, I think it's so easy when something bad happens to like go in your turtle shell and like hide, okay, that happened, you kind of steep in it. But try, if it's a situation where you can rewrite the ending, try. Um, a woman did this in a, in a negotiating workshop I was in recently, um, and I loved her example. She was like, I took on this very data-heavy project at work, like a stretch assignment. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I bombed it. Like, I wasn't prepared. It, I, I didn't do a good job. And that became evident when I handed it in. She was like, I could have let it end there. But when another data-intensive project came up, I raised my hand and I volunteered for it. And she was like, I knocked it out of the park. Wow. You know, and I thought, wow, like, couldn't that have had 10 other endings? But she, you know, she wrote that final chapter. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to like, not only make a bold bet on yourself, Mm -hmm. that that one incident isn't all of me, you know, but that all decide. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know? we still have that opportunity to continue to learn and to grow, you know, yes. and, and that if there's no other lesson that comes out of it, that's the value, the valuable one. Yeah. Right. That I'm going to like get smarter on my journey. Even if you didn't <laughs> we can get, get, get smarter. Yeah. I know. Right. You don't just have to run in circles. Isn't that? Oh exciting? my gosh. This has been such a wonderful conversation. We could just go on and on. I hate to be looking at the clock, but I am looking at the clock because we want to let you get on with your day and, and let everybody, before we let you go, I want everybody to know where they can find you and where they can find your books because the pushback is just amazing. You know, how to tell women how to stand up for and ask for what they need and what they want. So where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to connect with people. And my website's a great place to find me, which is selenaresvani.com. S-E-L-E-N-A-R-E-Z-V-A-N-I. And I have a newsletter tribe there you can sign up for um, and stay in touch. Also, I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor, which I really love. I have cool. Four classes out on confidence. Um, and so a fifth one's coming out. So you could check out LinkedIn Learning and put in my name. And uh, the last thing is Amazon, where my books are, Pushback and the Next Generation of Women Leaders. Oh, cool. Well, Good Selena, job. it has been such a delight. As we said at the beginning of all this, we've known each other for years. We This is our first actual kind of face-to-face conversation And it couldn't have been more empowering for our audience and and the Brilliantly Resilient Tribe. So thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us your time and your brilliance today. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so happy to be in your orbit. Yay. So are we. Okay, everybody. um, If you are still struggling with um, how to reset your mindset, we have some freebies for you. Head to brilliantlyresilient.net slash freebies. And we also have a masterclass, which can help you get started on that reset rise and revealing your brilliance. And that is brilliantlyresilient.net slash masterclass. So we will see you all next time. Selena, thank you again for joining us and have a brilliantly resilient day, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.